Welcome to the first episode of the Slaughterhouse Three with Noah Grady. What's up, Ian Reedy? Hello, uh, and myself, Callan Cleary. For any first-time listeners, uh, this podcast discusses Kurt Vonnegut's book Slaughterhouse Five. Today, we will be looking at who Kurt Vonnegut's alter ego is in the book. Uh, we'll talk about Billy and Wary's relationship so far in the book and compare and contrast both of their lives. So our first topic is who is Kurt Vonnegut's alter ego? I should probably take uh, the lead. So what I think about like who Kurt Vonnegut is trying to express himself throughout the, through this novel is most likely Billy. They seem like the most alike in like the ways they act, and like their life, like styles, like from like a young age and like to, like the, their middle age almost. Because uh, Vonnegut wrote when he's talking about like Billy's like jobs and stuff. He wrote in addition, he owned a fifth of, of the New Holiday Inn out on route and Route Fifty Four and half of, of three Tasty Free stands. Tasty Freeze was a sort of frozen custard that gave all pleasure that ice cream could give without the stiffness and bitter coldness of ice cream. Like, Kurt is kind of talking about, like, how Billy, besides being, like, an optometrist, or, like, studying to be one, like, how he also had, like, many other side jobs and did money stuff, just like Kurt, because he owned, like, a car dealership He before he even became a writer. He, like, majored in, like, chem and, like, biology instead of not like writing what you like think and they both did go to uh college and like left around like the start or towards the end of world war ii but kurt mainly like left because he was about to get kicked out of college so he didn't want that on his record and i'm not sure why uh billy had to leave you guys know why yeah billy just had to go for war he was at the ilium school of optometry for one semester and then after that semester, he was drafted for military service in the Second World War. He did finish and high that, school, though. I think another similarity that uh, Billy and uh, Kurt Vonnegut share is uh, both their like parents died in the book. Uh, Billy, it says that Billy's father was shot, um, and Kurt Vonnegut's mom died when uh, he was relatively or in nineteen forties. And then his dad died like 17 years later. So uh, that's just like another compare, uh, another similarity that they both share. I also think that they both kind of became like very like started to become like successful like after the war. Because in like the slides that our professor showed us, uh, they talked about how like Billy or not Billy, uh, Kurt's family, like they were like very wealthy, but around like when the Great Depression started to hit. They didn't really, like, know what to do, and, like, they basically, like, all their wealth, like, basically disappeared, but, like, Kurt seemed to, like, get past it, like, after the war, and, like, he started, like, getting, like, some profitable businesses and became, like, a very successful writer, as we know, just like uh, Billy seems to, but he kind of seems, like, has some sort of, like, PTSD with him, because he, like, believes in, like, these alien people called, like, the Trophimadorians, I'm pretty sure. And then, like, they, yeah, basically, that's it. You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, they, they, both Billy 
and finally really flourished after war. Uh, in the book, it says that after or during one of his time traveling instances, uh, Billy uh, woke up like surprised at a Lion, Lions Club meeting or something. And he was surprised that he was very rich. And just like uh, Billy Vonnegut also was very successful in his writing career after the war. So that's a big, big comparison. It also kind of did. Both had like struggling marriages because Kurt's like first wife, like they got divorced. And uh, when Billy's talking about his marriage, he said, uh, sometimes I try to call up old girlfriends on the telephone late at night after my wife has gone to bed. The operator would say, he would ask the operator, I wonder if you could give me the number of Miss and so, and then ask her, like, where she, he thinks she, like, lives, so, like, Billy still, like, seems to have, like, a, like, very, like, fond memories of old, like, like, flames that he had in, like, the past, even though he's, like, married now, kind of, like, I'm not sure how Kurt's first marriage went, but obviously didn't end well since they did get divorced. Yeah. Um, so our next segment will be about, uh, Billy and Warrior's relationship. Uh, it is definitely an unlikely one. Uh, two don't seem like that close together, but, uh, it's definitely a good environment to see who someone really is, you know, decisions like, uh, just for trying to evade the Germans and, uh, survival really shows what character somebody has. All right. So, yeah, Bill and Warrior's relationship is very unlikely, as Colin said. They have two very different backgrounds, but they end up in the same spot. So, Billy just got back from his time off because his dad was shot and he had to go to his funeral. And he was put right back into war with no equipment. He didn't get to meet the chaplain, and he was the chaplain's assistant. And Wary, on the other hand, was very armored. He had tons of equipment. He was bundled in scars and sweaters, it said. Uh, and he was, what was it called, an anti, anti-tank anti unit or something? Yeah. Uh, so, like, you would say, like, Wary is, like, like, the total, like, image of, like, a soldier while, like, Billy's, like, the scared kid, like, out in, like, the fields just trying to survive almost, but, like... Yeah, Billy just know. seems, like, dazed during the whole... during all, uh... their whole, like, relationship so far. You know, like, he's not that responsive to anything uh, and, like, where he, like, where, says to him. Yeah. And where he has to, like, pull him, like, down into, like, the trenches a lot. He's, where he says, uh... Saved your life again, you dumb bastard, where he said to Billy in the ditch. He had been saving Billy's life for days, cursing him, kicking him, slapping him, making him move. It was absolutely necessary that cruelty be used because Billy wouldn't do anything to save himself. So it kind of, like, seems like where like, actually cares about the people in his unit and, like, somewhat, like, knows that he needs them to survive. You can, like, sort of see that. Like, like, like him saving him and, like, like, every single time. And Billy's just, like... He, kind of seems like he doesn't like belong there. he's just like like a, trying to just be like a lamb out to like slaughter almost every single time like almost to like commit suicide yeah during the book I think yeah I agree like it kind of 
points that Billy would rather just be killed than continue roaming around the woods or getting like uh, captured by the Germans. Yeah, at one point, uh, Billy, Wary, and two scouts were they were walking across the road and they got shot at four four bullets were shot at them, and Billy just stopped in the middle of the road. And a, a bullet whizzed right past him, but he just didn't move. He was almost ready to take a hit until where he yelled at him. And he finally got him to move, which is, which really shows that where he actually cares about him. And it's not, it's not just like. It could also be uh, like where he's like sense of like being like the leader of the group, like a general's responsibility to make sure that he can have like most of his like troops like live sort of thing. So like. He was like he would like fail as like I guess like a captain or whatever like you would want to say like what rank he would be in that sort of group. Uh yeah. yeah, here's a quote to go along with that. Uh he says he was a roaring furnace under all his layers of wool and straps and canvas. He had so much energy that he bustled back and forth between Billy and the scouts, delivering dumb messages which nobody had sent and which nobody was uh, pleased to receive. He also began to suspect, since he was so much busier than anybody else, that he was also the leader. So uh, I think that, like, the whole, like, just where he seems to be forcing almost a relationship between the whole group. And, uh, like, it almost seems like Billy and uh, the scouts don't want anything to do with him sometimes. And he's just like... like where he's almost himself... just like what he thinks Billy is, just getting along yeah. for the ride, you know? Yeah, and like where he like named himself and the two other scouts the three musketeers. Well there's like there's actually four musketeers, so it's like kinda of like seems like he's unintentionally involving like Billy within like his life sort of during this like hard time. I don't know. It's... Yeah, and the scouts go on to run away from him. Yeah. Like the scouts were like <laughs> Get away from this sociopath as a picture of a woman getting doing some dirty things with an animal. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's just like another example of him forcing the relationship Even the because he, he he keeps showing uh, Billy that picture too. Like <laughs> enough is enough. Proud of it. <laughs> proud of it. Even the German soldiers called call him out on it when they're like in the POW camp. Yeah, we're gonna talk about this later on too. Uh, where he just really seems to be a psychopath. Yeah, just all around. Like he almost absolute psycho. Alright. Um, it kind of seems like Wary is like is he becoming like the early stages of the old man they meet, or they're the old soldier or general they meet in the POW camp, who thinks like Billy was a part of like his platoon that he was because all of his platoon died, and he thinks that Billy was like the lone survivor besides him, and like Billy like. Keeps like trying to tell him like that he's not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, where he's trying to like make sure that he has someone he knows that like actually somewhat knows him that he won't like basically die without someone like to pass on his name and tell him like good stories about him almost. Yeah, it just seems like it's very important to Wary to have like someone with him to like. Just to at least, like, be just his, uh, like, 
just get kicked around by Wary. Like, I don't know. He just needs someone around him, it seems he's like. It's like it's like personal, like, punching bag almost. But then, like, I don't know. Like, seems like care a lot more for him, like, once they get captured. Yeah, it's like a bully. You know, like, sometimes <laughs> uh, sometimes the bully is just jealous or and uh, they just don't want to lose the kid. I don't know. And uh, so they just keep bullying him, even though they care about him sometimes. Yeah, the relationship might prove that where he's a psychopath if it goes down the wrong way because it says that uh, where he likes to make friends and then he likes to beat him up for no reason later on. So it goes that way. That's it for this part of the segment. I say we should move on to our third and final. All right. So our final segment will be about Billy and Wary's lives and just how different they are so like just how unlikely of a relationship it would be for those two to end up and you know what what else do they bring to the table in the whole thing you know like what can they offer yeah so to start i think we should talk about billy uh physically billy's tall he's skinny they they describe him as a flamingo a dirty flamingo uh when he meets Wary, he has no equipment, he has no, no motivation, he feels like a burden to Wary as they move on. Uh, he got a decent education, he graduated high school, and he was going to the school of, Ilium School of Optometry. Uh, he would, Well, later on he's rich and successful, but that doesn't really have anything to do with this relationship. Uh, Billy seems like wherever he went for training before the war did not like prepare him mentally. Seems like how Wary yeah. is like always ready to like kill, talk about like ways to torture people. And like Wary, when they're talking about like an Iron Maiden, which is like a big like sort of like uh, mummy sort of tomb looking thing with spikes in the inside that like, closes in on the person, like basically stabs him to death almost. Wary is on Wary. Sorry. And then Wary, like, asks, like, what the best, like, possible, like, torture method is to Billy. And Billy has, like, no clue because he just thinks, like, this is weirdo asking how to torture someone. And, like, Wary tells him that the correct answer turns out to be this. You stake a guy out on an anthill in the desert. See, he's facing upward, and you put honey all over his balls and pecker. And he cut off his eyelids, so he has to stare at the sun till he dies. So it goes. Yikes. I mean, like, to go into that much detail, just to torture someone, just have them, like, dead, not even get information out of him, which seems like, because he'd be, like, so much pain from, like, the red, red ants nibbling all over his privates. Yeah, so so he, goes, he goes so far into that, like, description that it's, like, his favorite thing to do, almost, like, uh, and, like, cutting an eyelid, dude, I feel like he would definitely, like, cut his eyes out before he, because he'd definitely, like, struggle trying to cut it, like, perfectly. It's just, like, messed up. And then, like... Uh, I'll go ahead. I think that's all I have to say about Wary and his nice sociopathic t- tendencies for torture. <laughs> and then, uh, Billy and Wary are actually kind of similar because neither of them had the best fathers or the best influences uh, Billy's father was a barber, and he was shot dead. 
which is why Billy had to leave the war and then he came back on our or unequipped with uh to meet Wary. Um he uh he was an atheist and he kind of threatened Billy. Uh one of the quotes say little Billy was terrified because his father had said Billy was going to learn to swim by the method of sink or swim. His father was going to throw Billy into the deep end and Billy was going to damn well swim. So, and this is related to Wary because Wary's father is probably what made him a psychopath because he was a plumber who collected guns, swords, and torture instruments. Uh, he taught him about the Iron Maiden, which Ian already explained because his father gave his uh, his wife uh, a table lamp whose base was a model one foot high of the Iron Maiden. And, yeah, he just taught him a lot about weapons and stuff, which probably is what made Wary an outcast, too. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it seems like a lot of his childhood, like, trauma or whatever, like, just stuff involved. that appeared in his childhood is also, like, you could see a lot of just elements of that while he's in the woods. <laughs> like, uh, here's a quote, Ronald Wary was only 18, was it? The end of an unhappy childhood spent mostly in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He had been unpopular in Pittsburgh. He had been unpopular because he was stupid and fat and mean and smelled <laughs> like bacon no matter how much he washed. He was always being ditched in Pittsburgh by people who did not want to be with them. So I think that kind of ties in earlier to what we were saying about how uh, where he needs someone to have around and like you could just see an earlier stage of that in his childhood. That kind of also explains why Wary acts like this big soldier, big shot, because like now there's no one to like really make fun of him because all of them are in the thick of it. And like he's trying to survive. So he sees this as like his opportunity to become like the strong like man of the group, like the person people can look up to and like look for like hope almost. It's like it seems like the character he's trying to be throughout this novel. At least so far. Yeah. He's always trying to, like, be heroic, so maybe he thinks if he's heroic enough, people will admire him and want to be friends with him. When he's, like, talking about, like, the knife, like, the best way, like, why his knife is so good, like, just goes in, like, absolute, like, detail on, like, why, like, you should have that knife to kill, like, the enemy. He, like, does not, like, sympathize him, like, whatsoever, it seems like. He seems, sees it as, like, it's them or us, almost. Billy just seems completely, like, uninterested in, like, like war, you know, and heroics. Billy got, like, a break And the picture the of the woman and the, yeah. and the animal. <laughs> Billy also did get a break, like, Noah said, from when his father died from the war, if I'm correct. Because he had to yeah. go back to the funeral, so he got to see what like life was back home and like what he's missing. Like, realize like why like the war should like not be happening. Like, where I don't know, we haven't really found out that much about his life a little bit before the war or like during it, especially time when uh Billy had to leave for the funeral. Whether like where he had to go through like tough times during the war or something else. One thing we do know, though, about where he is, due to his trauma, he liked to try to make himself look vulnerable to other people. 
because he was ditched all the time, so he tried to make everyone his friend. But he only did that just to beat him up after, like, unexpectedly after they were good friends for a while. And almost seems... really just shows him to be a psychopath. Yeah, yeah he just he resents can't... people. He can't handle the relationships that he can easily be given. Just he's kind of always trying to mix himself with the TV loner, but when he's like a loner for like too long, he needs someone to like care for him almost. Yeah, it's kind of weird that he actually. Well, I don't. I don't know if he actually does care for Billy. He might just be doing it, the same thing, just to beat him up after a while. But if not, it's kind of interesting that where he saves Billy's life multiple times. When he could have watched him suffer. Well, there was also the uh, scene where, uh, where he was literally about to just pummel uh, Billy while he was lying on the ground after the scouts ditched him, but the German showed up and he hesitated. So maybe, yeah. maybe just uh, Billy is just another one of uh, Worry's victims. And, like, Larry, when the Germans, like, had him, like, take off his shoes to show how, like, <clears throat> to show how the uh, American soldiers are unprepared. Like, he just, like, didn't seem to, like, he just asked why they wanted them. He didn't, like, really question them a lot or, like, try to, like, fight him back on it. Even though he was captured, I'll give him, like, that. So, he had, like, the threat of death of not following, like, an order by his captors. Well, it could have seemed like he could have, like, stuck off for himself a little bit better, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think that's another way that Worry and Billy are similar because uh, they were saying that uh, Worry was actually crying while he was uh, marching with those clogs on. And uh, it said that Billy was also crying, but it never really specified why. So, like, if uh, Worry is such a tough, heroic war hero, then uh, why are you crying over that, you know? And... Uh, is that just the way you want to see people or the way you actually live your life? He kind of reminds me of the, like, big fat dude from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I haven't, no. No? Uh, well, Colin, you remember, like, Colin, like, the training of, like, the, the boot camp, like, the big fat guy was, like, completely, like, hopeless? Yeah. And I'm... basically their drill sergeant, like, turns him and, like, basically to commit suicide or like become crazy with like how much stress he's putting on him like how much yelling like is like almost makes him seem like in a hostile environment and that's kind of like weary too because at the end of like boot camp that guy was also turned into like just like a, a war person like completely in love with war you know because it, like, took the whole, his whole platoon in that, like, training camp or whatever to, like, beat him up with stocks of, like, soap or, like, other things, like, in his sleep to, like, actually, like, try harder. Yeah. And, like, once he did, he, like, basically made him, like, turn crazy. Anyone have any other points to bring up? Uh... Nope. I think that concludes us for today, boys. All right. That has been it for today's episode of The Slaughterhouse 3. Uh, Come back April 7th is when we will release our next episode. 
uh, where we will be analyzing chapters four through seven of the book. And I hope a lot happens there. Uh, We hope you enjoyed your stay. Uh, And that is it.